Free speech is saved. You are now tuned into Leak Spec. So the world's biggest billionaire with $44 billion has gone... Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before you get any farther into this, I've noticed how we have a lot of views, but not as many subscribers. What's up with that? Y'all need to smash that button right there and subscribe to us, please. All right, I'll back to our regular programming. Okay, thank you very much for that. You are correct, Michael Lee. An excellent point. I would like to reach the goal of uh, five times in our current subscriber list so we can actually get a custom URL for our YouTube. That would be nice. And then we could all join in at the leak spec on YouTube. Help Any- us out. Before I was so nicely interrupted by my friend Michael Lee. <laughs> There's a little bit of justice, really, if you think about it. <laughs> How's we- it feel? Sorry. <clears throat> we... <clears throat> Recently, have uh, a new ownership by a African American man of the Twitters with his forty-four billion dollars. Yes, Michael, he's African American. Is that his lunch money he spent on? Hold up a second, my mind's blown. What? Yeah, he was born in <laughs> South Africa, and he's an American citizen. Facts. Wow. Facts. Okay, we're gonna put a pin in that one. <laughs> but anyways, continue. <laughs> he, may, yeah. he may have. I some didn't thoughts. say he was black. He may have some thoughts on that later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, you guys, what do you think about private ownership of Twitter? You guys, you guys uh, down with the private ownership and Elon Musk owning it? You know, he's uh, the Twitter troll. Well, let me be the first to say that I don't give a crap who owns Twitter. Um, why Why did he do this? What, what do you think is the purpose of this? Yeah. Well, I'll just before we roll into that, I'm going to tell you guys. No, answer my question. Yeah, I will. I will. I will. Censorship is the short answer but i'm gonna tell you guys i recently signed up for twitter uh under duress yeah basically yes thank you thank you Uh, i know you can all go down follow me at extreme razor and uh i'll link it down the bottom but he only complained a little bit (laughs) i i got on the twitters and I started doing that tweeting. I mean, I was on there once before, like whenever it started. And I said, this platform is complete crap. And recently, <laughs> I just noticed after many years that basically this platform is for trolling. <laughs> I was going to say, com- it is complete crap. <laughs> it is, it, well, it still is. But it's mostly for uh, highlighting my witty and not so witty sarcastic comments. And how's that how's that working out for you? I got one of my tweets liked, you guys. Yeah, I'm gonna read what, my new Twitter. Listen, be so honest, happy about that. Be honest, be honest. Was it your mom? <laughs> oh, she doesn't know how to use Twitter. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> but yeah, I I recently said this tweet yesterday. You'll like this one, Adam. It's a funny one. Will there be new Twitter features that can only be paid for with Doge? That's my question to Elon Musk because, you know, he loves that Doge but, what cryptocurrency about, as well. What about SHIB? Why stop at Doge when we could do it with SHIB? Yeah, well, that's my next question. I think um, after I answer your question, which is why did he buy Twitter, you guys? Well, you know what? They recently blocked uh, the Babylon Bee for their sarcastic humor uh, as being 
hate speech and a lot of people are being blocked recently and we're seeing a new um pattern on twitter a lot more censorship right right lined it yeah yeah but i'm saying but in the very recent days since the announcement of ownership by elon musk we've been seeing more conservative and right-minded people getting more followers and some of the left-leaning influencers on that platform losing followers so there is a little bit of a changeover uh with the rest of the political spectrum coming back into embracing twitter and that is the notion that we are likely to see with twitter because censorship was the main issue with all of these platforms if you look in our playlists down below even youtube censored one of our videos simply where we criticized it wasn't masking or something it wasn't mask wearing or anything it was a ridiculous scientific scientific notion about uh one way masking it was just a, a a ridiculous criticism criticism we had on that it was an odd interpretation of it but uh let's not let's not make that about this we don't need this one to be banned as well we're not <laughs> we're, yeah we're not uh, we're talking about censorship though youtube has a specific set of 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 things we cannot specifically talk about and this is all kind of stuff that you would be talking about with your friends at work or your family at home and you're not censored and you know what why not have these open conversations just have maybe a little uh maybe just have a little disclaimer in the beginning of a video saying hey these are people's opinions they're not facts and then go from there why do we need to worry about censoring everything that people don't agree with so so he bought twitter to save free speech by getting rid of censorship that's what we're is that what we think not completely but to uh lessen the censorship yes that is probably Presumably, what he's going to do. Presumably there'll be some sort of censorship, though. Yeah, there's always a little bit of censorship. You're obviously not going to do anything illegal and anything completely hurtful. Right. That's, that's all going to be still be censored. But, I mean, you shouldn't censor somebody for making a sarcastic comment. If Michael Lee wants to make a sarcastic comment about me and I could take it as being hurtful, should should that comment be allowed or not? It should be. If he's Especially if he's making it about you. Yeah. I'm gonna make you cry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry. You want to start a Twitter battle? Let's do it. Twitter battle. Twitter battle. Yeah. We're gonna tweet Twa- at each twaddle? other. Sorry. <laughs> a twaddle. Twaddle. Is that a bad word? I don't know. We better uh, we'll maybe, maybe bleep that out just in case. Um, but yeah. Anyways, he does have some other plans for Twitter that he briefly outlined, and it's a little vague. But uh, he, he is gonna improve it with some new features i think we mentioned a couple already the edit button the edit is the edit button coming there needs to be an edit button because you know what when you post something and you get a bunch of likes and reshares and then you have to delete it to in order to be able to uh correct your stupid spelling mistake or whatever like that's that's not a a good feature because you lose all the benefits of having retweets and that we have the same problem in youtube if we make an error on one of our YouTube videos and I want to edit it and repost it, we would lose all the features of people liking or all our views. So, yeah, an edit feature would be lovely. Yeah. Well, in addition to that, uh, he said he's going to uh, he's going to open source the algorithms and uh, hopefully that will increase people's trust in what they're seeing. And he's going to work to defeat s- spam bots by, quote, authenticating all humans. Which well, is- 
kind of a creepy way of saying that. Why would he open source the algorithm? Do people know what that means? I don't know. Do they? People like to throw open source around. Yeah, it mean it means that basically the code will be shown so that we can kind of figure out what an algorithm is, uh, what kind of algorithm is being used. An algorithm is basically a formula in which people or AI determines something, and in this case, it's usually how things are shared and begin trending. So I think, yeah, people go on at length about the YouTube algorithm and and sort of the trying to determine the the nuances of how it works so yeah well there's a thing called shadow banning people were just basically not being approved by the algorithm because of certain tweets or beliefs or whatever their uh affiliations are and that is an issue we've often wondered about with the algorithm so if he makes it open source we will kind of know unless they go and sabotage the algorithm right now which i was alluding to when i said that a lot more conservatives were getting likes and a lot of uh left-leaning individuals on twitter were losing likes why do you think that is because maybe current ownership before it transferred over was actually suggesting that we fix the algorithm into something more equal and this is what we're seeing from the evidence of the new views and and um, tweets and that well elon he says his belief is that twitter has tremendous potential and he looks forward to working with the company to unlock it all of this just leaves me with one question and you guys can tell me your thoughts down below how does one protect free speech while avoiding it turning into a massive free-for-all of of conflict and bickering you know where do we draw that line let me know what you think. Well, I want to answer this question. Then please answer it. No one's stopping you. <laughs> yeah, the issue with your question, I find, is how do we stop it from uh, basically creating conflict? And how do we avoid conflict? Well, I don't know if we really can. Because no matter what, if we have individuals with differing opinions and beliefs there's going to be some form of tension hopefully not animosity but it can lead to conflict really and truly the best way to have free speech without conflict is to have mature responsible individuals that are tolerant of each other but we have not so mature people in society and what is going to occur is Free speech will offend people. And kind of that is somebody's right, you know? What is to, somebody's right? To say something offensive. You can say things as long as they're not hurtful in an actual way where you would call upon violence on someone which would be illegal. Okay? But you know what? There is certain words in society that aren't illegal to use, but they're frowned upon. Okay? Swear words and other racial slurs, okay? Should it be illegal for someone to say those words? Or should we have free speech? That's, uh, that's a can of worms right there. Yeah. I suppose it shouldn't be illegal, but people should have some decency. And a lot of mature people do. And that's the point I'm making here. You know what? 
allow people to say what they want if it's not illegal and hurtful and you're not gonna allow call people to call violence on people you know like i can't say to someone like we're gonna go do harm to michael lee i mean like that that's illegal right he's picking on me all the time michael lee's my good friend and we pick on each other then you want to do harm to him i imagine uh, he'll probably respond by busting your kneecap you you uh, you pick on me sometimes most times uh, anyways not what this is about well, yeah. maybe maybe he'll bust both kneecaps who knows depends on how he wants to attack yeah you just have to tune in to find out but <laughs> how many kneecaps josh loses next episode elite <laughs> But the reality is, I mean, it could turn into bullying if if you're on Twitter, but it's not the same as IRL because, yeah, in real life, people. Thank you. Oh, God. I didn't even know that. Because, oh. yeah, you know what? On Twitter, if somebody is saying things that you don't like, you do not have to follow them and you can block people on social media. And why not just do that? Why be so concerned about somebody and, and, and keep allowing them to have content that you really don't want to hear? What's the deal with that? Great questions, Josh. Great questions. But you know what? Well, I want to talk about our fantastic prime minister that you all know we're, uh, we're a big fan of him around here, right? Anyways, he has gone out and uh, generously done what is required of him by the law. And uh, he is announcing an inquiry into his own and his government's use of the Emergencies Act, which is, in fact, a part of the act that if it's used, an inquiry has to be announced within 60 days of revocation of said act. So he's not really doing anything special for us here. But um, he's waiting till the last possible day to announce this inquiry. Yeah, he's essentially just doing what's required of him. The inquiry will be led by Ontario Court of, Court of Appeals Judge Justice Paul Rouleau. And uh, they've given it a fancy name. They're calling it the Public Order Emergency Commission. So... Good for them on that. Rulo is himself is um, his response to this was essentially saying that he is committed to ensuring that the process is as open and transparent as possible, recognizing tight timelines for reporting it, um, for the reporting that is imposed by the Emergency Act. So, pretty generic statement there saying that he's he'll do it and he'll do it on time, which is good. I'm going to put the question. To you, Josh, or you, Michael, either one of you chime in here. This government is essentially examining their own use of an act that was actually questioned by many people and organizations. How likely do you think they are to come out and arrive at a conclusion that they inappropriately did this? Uh, it's my understanding that an inquiry is done by uh, House committees based by the judiciary here, the judge you were talking about, and basically all par all parties can in get involved in the inquiry and ask the questions that they really need to ask. Um, so there is going to be some of the opposition asking questions into this inquiry, but uh, what is the mandate of this uh, inquiry? Do, do we know? We do, actually. I'm glad you asked. The, uh, the mandate is to look into the circumstances of why the act was declared, 
the evolution of the convoy, the police response, the economic impact of the blockades, the funding of the protests, and the disinformation that may have fueled them. So there's a lot uh, to unpack there. It's a pretty wide um, grouping of topics that fall under the mandate of this inquiry. So firstly, what you said there is to look into the circumstances of why the act was declared. Why the act was declared is the key point I'm going to make there. Why is not the question I think they need to be asking. I think what they need to be asking is... Was it appropriate? Was it appropriate? Was it a proper legal response? Did we have actual means in which the police could have used the current law? Was it appropriate is a better question, not why was it done? I think we know why it was done, but really, I don't think that's the appropriate question right off the hop for this mandate. I mean, hopefully this judge may look at this situation differently and look into some legality because it's my understanding that the reason that this law, this uh, act did not pass the Senate, which it would have had to to be fully implemented, was a lot of the senators questioned whether this was the appropriate use of the act. So um, going on to the second point there, the evolution of the convoy and police response. Okay, those those are all fair points that we should look at because, you know, it, it was the reason that they enacted the Emergencies Act because of the protest that occurred. Uh, what I'm wondering is, are we actually going to get the complete details of the investigation that were occurring into any of the situation that, that happened on... I, I suppose this mandate was like technically across Canada, but they were trying to implement it. The act? Very specific. Yeah. The act was applied to the entire country, yes. <clears throat> yeah. But they were trying to implement it more directly on certain areas. But the point I'm, I'm wondering is um, <clears throat> the evolution of the convoy will, will we actually see any legality any any criminal uh uh any criminality that was suggested by the RCMP or any police forces that were being investigated right that's that's what i'm wondering because well what i'm questioning most is the criminality of the actual event and whether or not laws that were currently in place could have been effective inefficient in dealing with this and whether the legality of introducing the emergencies act was absolutely necessary i don't know how studying the evolution of the convoy will play into a positive or a negative in determining the actual justification for enacting the emergencies act i just do not see presumably the evolution of the convoy doesn't really matter it's how how if it was actually criminal what was and it, that can be proven what was it at the time that the act was declared yes we don't it doesn't matter how it started out that's a good point it, it really doesn't matter it all it matters 
whether we had the proper laws and if they were efficient enough and if this emergencies act was justifiable which some people say it was not necessary but i don't know i don't know what this inquiry is going to say well, i'll be interested to see when it's completed yeah there, there's heavy debate on that um and the whole point is to hopefully help us reach some kind of conclusion on that so guys i want to say something else because i heard this on the radio today and it really uh piqued my interest it's not the most interesting thing when you usually hear stats can data but this one if you think about it a little bit and we're gonna unpack it here canada's working population is the oldest it's ever been what does that mean to you adam when you hear that well, it means that the portion of the population that tends to get up every day and go to a job, um, the average age of that person is obviously the highest it has been uh, ever. Yeah. So all those boomers and older Gen Xers that are like 55 plus and are reaching retirement ages are going to be, well, who knows if they're going to retire sooner or work a little longer because it seems people they're are going to hang on oh they gotta hang on i mean you gotta pay the trudeau taxes so they got they gotta pay the the third mortgage and afford their fifth boat yep yeah but the point is those guys are going to be working a little longer and a lot of them they ain't going to be working and that means job opportunities doesn't it well hopefully uh i know i know a number of people who are who have some interesting thoughts on this topic. Um, but yeah, just to kind of lend some support to what you're saying there, uh, we're currently at a, at a, a situation now where uh, a larger share of the population aged 55 to 64, <clears throat> sorry, a larger share of the working population is aged 55 to 64. And, uh, and that's significantly larger than those entering the workforce generally aged uh, between i believe 15 and 24 so that's a very kind of a new situation for us and uh yeah it's definitely factoring into the current labor shortage or great uh you know part of the great resignation as you've heard heard it probably referred to um so that's definitely creating some opportunities maybe some higher wages to go along with our wonderful inflation but uh yeah it's uh it's definitely a new situation i gotta say when i hear this i'm thinking of the positive that you know there'll be more job opportunities and job openings unfortunately that means labor will be less and maybe a little bit is not gonna get done but you know what that might mean it might mean that some of the payments and benefits that are paid into by companies will lessen because you'll have less employees in some institutions and businesses with those guys retiring and a lot of jobs opening up if those jobs aren't being filled you know what that's going to cause a problem and you know what that problem is you know you and i have experienced it adam it means that those two guys that retired and went their own way this means we're going to do their work and we ain't going to get paid extra. No, we're not. And it's going to be happening soon because more than one in five working adults is now nearing retirement age. 
And so. then we'll just pay their taxes and their uh, benefits when they retire. And uh, their pensions will pay. So, yeah, yeah. we're going to pay for their pensions. And I have to say, if you're in that uh, in that situation where you have the opportunity to fill in for someone that is creating a shortage, realize that this is a benefit for the employee ask for more money ask for a raise because there's going to be more job opportunities coming up for skilled millennials that are already in the workforce and take those opportunities ask for other benefits too like if it's a job where you can work from home and you like working from home you ask to work from home lots of companies are now set up to be able to handle this as a result of recent events um so you know perks like that kind of thing if that's what you like ask for it sick days ask for your sick days yeah definitely paid sick days we need those in canada for lower income uh jobs and careers you know service industry people yep they often don't enjoy those uh, those benefits. I think what we can safely say is, you know, the, the single most significant driver of Canada's aging population is the ongoing retirement of the baby boomers. And and for those who need clarification on specifically what a boomer is, they are Canadians that were born between 1946 and 1965. Not necessarily Canadians, but yes, it's a generation of people. But yeah, we know who boomers are because they're okay right they are and their retirement has um has been going on now for some of the oldest ones since 2011 so we're just we're still ramping up on this this is going to actually become worse mike lee says it's dry and he's telling us to move on all right the one specific to manitoba you're talking about the water that was sewage that went into the into the into the lake into the river it was only 60 million liters Oh, that's that's just not, that's a glass of water. Yeah, sixty million liters of raw sewage here in Winnipeg went into the 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 river this last weekend with that flooding. Yeah, sixty million, and that was just from Adam Sells after he had skipped the dishes. Well, you know, <laughs> go easy on that Mexican food. <laughs> well, are you a Manitoba Manitoba homeowner? Yes, that's me. Well, do you want to hear the latest news? Yeah, it might be good for me. It might be. Do you like paying more for services that are kind of considered day-to-day services that everyone needs? Uh, no. Well, I'm glad you are because have I got news for you. You're about to start paying 20.5% more for natural gas for your house percent more to keep my house warm to keep your house warm the approximately eight months that i pay for natural gas yeah it's it's only 20.5 percent so it's not like it's a huge increase it kind of is well Um, it's news that i don't like yeah so you know that's great that's gonna happen and it's gonna cost a typical household an extra 150 bucks a year who do I blame this on? Well, you could blame it on Heather Stephenson, but she wouldn't be there to be blamed. Can I blame it on uh, Russia and can I blame it on the green tax or the green uh, 
emissions tax that we have coming up here was that the carbon tax can i blame it on all those things you can all right that's what i'm doing they're all playing a role in that thank you guys thank you for making my life more expensive and i even wrote down here exactly what the cost was and what it's going to go to and i'm going to do you all the favor of not mentioning that because that just sounds kind of boring <clears throat> well i got a little something for all the gamers out there or at least half of them third of them some of them uh if you are the owner of a playstation 5 and you like to play games on it and you've been looking at those guys with their Xboxes and their computers, enjoying that Microsoft Game Pass and all those hundreds of games that they get to, uh, for, for a monthly fee, kind of like Netflix style sort of uh, service. Well, Sony's got the answer and it's coming your way. Um, they are expanding PlayStation Plus to compete with Game Pass and they have just announced the Canadian pricing. There's going to be three tiers. And they're going to range from about 12 bucks a month all the way up to 22 bucks a month for the premium tier with all the bells and whistles. If you've, are, if you've already been paying for PlayStation Plus, uh, then essentially nothing changes for you. Um, you're going to continue to have uh, online multiplayer and cloud saves, and you'll receive some free games every month. Uh, the, the name of this is just going to change to PlayStation Plus Essential. So you get an extra free word in there at least you get something but if that's not enough for you you can go with ps uh playstation plus extra because it's more than essential it's extra and this one will run you 18 bucks a month and it gives you everything the essential package does and then adds up to 100 so up to as sony puts it up up to 400 first and third party ps4 and ps5 games so that's a nice little extra that they're going to throw in there. 400 games is quite a few. So hopefully some good selection. But if that's still not what you're looking for, then you can come in at their PS Plus premium tier for 22 bucks a month. It's a little bit more, but it's still not a complete break of the bank. And it'll give you everything that's in those first two tiers. And uh, then they're going to add up to 340 additional games which they've already added 400 in the last one. So we're talking about a lot of games at this point. Um, and these games will include PS3, PS2, PS1, as well as PSP uh, games, according to Sony. They're also going to give you a cloud streaming for PS1, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games <clears throat> uh, that come along with the extra and premium tiers. And then in addition to that, they're going to give you time-limited game trials. I don't really know why they would limit something like that to the premium tier. It seems like it would be beneficial to allow that one across all of them, but that's what they're going to do. And uh, Sony is currently targeting the launch date for this in the U.S. and Canada to be June 13th of this year. So big news for PS5 owners. I guess we'll just have to see how this goes. So Musk buys Twitter, the government is pondering itself, and Canada's population is old. It's been an interesting week here at LeakSpec, so we'd love to hear from you on your thoughts uh, down below or, you know, in the comment section. And we're also on Facebook, so if you are on Facebook like the billions of people that are, go ahead and search LeakSpec and give us a follow.